sci-fi cross-sections. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a podcast for everything science fiction. It's me, your boy, your sci-fi boy, uh, your host, Colin Brandon. With me today is... Jason. I am Ben Young. Andrew's back. I'm Bill Jarvis. And today we are talking about, well, Star Wars. Uh, This is our retrospective episode for the saga. Not the whole saga, honestly. We're probably just going to talk about post-acquisition by Disney, but... Are we? You you know what? Fuck mm-hmm. it. Anyways, episode one, the scrawl opens up. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just feel like like we're not gonna like go through each film because we've no, done that no, for the right. run for post Disney at least. Oh, I got some talking points. Just, Don't you know, worry, boys. We're gonna talk about so. what what's everything leading into the new film, which comes out this week. Film. Film. Yeah. So, um, as this episode comes out, it'll be the week of Rise of Skywalker. Um, so we decided to look back. Um, I would say that Star Wars kind of has a special place on this podcast, given it was the first episode we ever did together. Uh, Sans, Bill and Andrew. Hi. Um, we went back like George Lucas and added him back in. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's great. If we had the technology at the time. No, we have the technology. Just give me the files. Before we shoot, Mallory yells, Kachanga! And in almost almost like a Star Wars story, the, the the cast kind of died, and then we took a hiatus, got back together, started doing it again. I think we started with Star Wars Episode Eight, wasn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's always Star Wars. Yep. And that time again. Yeah. So th- this is, I guess it's kind of come full circle. We're, Our final episode. Yep. Uh, we're we're giving up after this. The cast is over. Yeah. Uh, pack your bags. Thanks for all your support. Well, make sure you tune in for our series finale episode where you find out where we all go afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we got to do that epilogue. Um, so yeah. Spoiler alert. Colin starts another podcast Please called Sci-Fi Cross Sections and we continue numbering it. It's been so much Please work. no. I, you know, I, I need these sweet, sweet podcast dollars. I need that cash. I've literally put hundreds of dollars into this cast. <laughs> we are podcast negative likes. a lot of money. Please help us get out of the hole. Um, so you subscribe to our Patreon and uh, no. We don't have one. We should put one up. No. Why not? We need several hundreds of dedicated followers every single day. Hint, hint. Money's money. <laughs> okay. So, anyways. Yeah, but people have to give us money. Star Wars. Come on down to our dedicated strip club. Money Wars. Yeah. George Money, what do you have to say? (laughs) Is he related to Eddie? (laughs) No, Lucas. Too soon. Press F to respect Eddie. Uh, What were we even fucking Do you want to synopsize Star Wars for us? (laughs) (laughs) I actually didn't prepare anything. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) So in 2012, obviously, Disney buys Star Wars. That was seven years ago, for those keeping track. Um, I'm old. And from there, they didn't really put anything out between 12 and 15, right? Maybe some shows. 
Was no, no, they put nothing out. Yeah, there's not, it was just books. They, think, in maybe. fact, in fact, began canceling lots of things. Oh, boy. Yeah. The moment yeah. they got their hands on it, they shut down Star Wars at Dark Horse entirely and began moving it over to Marvel. Were they the ones that canned 1313? They canned 1313. Okay. Um, they uh, canceled Clone Wars. Um, so, like, cancel culture started long before. Well, it was, it was almost like Disney, like, was enacting Order 66 on uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the uh, expanded universe. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, 2015, The Force Awakens comes out. It was critically hailed a success. Financially, it was a success. It was... Everyone had faith in Disney at this point. They were putting out a a good Star Wars product. Makes sense to me. J.J. Abrams, thankfully, was at the helm for that one. Can you? Could, who else could have done it, honestly? George Lucas. I doubt it. He wouldn't want to do it. I don't know. Like, that was a... You know, I look back on the whole lead up into abrams announcement i remember jj abrams had specifically said he was not going to do it because he was such a massive fan of star wars he wanted to watch star wars he wanted to see it he didn't want he didn't want the experience to be ruined through directing it and uh he they offered him a lot of money and he said okay (laughs) (laughs) that's how that's how life works i mean and then he said fine but i'm never doing it again well, he stayed on as executive producer for eight. He did it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he sounds then, like he did it for and nine, and he shouldn't have. They offered him more money. <laughs> they said and he decided to do it again. Kathleen called J.J. Abrams into a meeting and said, "All right, J.J. So I just learned who Colin Trevorrow was. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched a movie by Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> I, I believe we've made a mistake. Can you please come help? And just get Ryan to do it. He did a fantastic job." Yeah, we think he did a fantastic job, too. Unfortunately, our fan base does not. Well, your fan base is a bunch of six-year-olds. Why would they care? Yeah, they're a bunch of six-year-olds and 40-year-old bodies. What did Rain Johnson work on before this? Uh, His big one was uh, Bruce Willis' JGL future thing where they made JGL's oh, nose. Oh, uh, Looper. Yeah, they made JGL's nose look like Bruce Willis's. Yeah, every time someone says Looper, I think of the Hayden Christensen Jumper movie. Oh, yes. That's what I wanted to say. That's why I didn't say mm-hmm. it. It's so good. Which I, actually wasn't a terrible movie. I love Hayden. I can just so imagine uh, Kathleen Kennedy having that conversation with JJ, you know, when she found out who Colin Trevorrow was. And I can just imagine her... I thought he was the interstellar guy. <laughs> I thought he was the guy that acted oh, no. in the King's speech. <laughs> oh, no. Who is this guy? Who's Colin Trevorrow did yeah. Jurassic World. Ooh. That's like his big claim to fame. Didn't he do a, uh, like a found footage monster movie or something like that? No, not found footage, but didn't he do like a monster flick before that? No, I think you're thinking of uh, uh, oh, I'm thinking of Gareth Edwards. Yes. Yes, he did Godzilla. I mean, Gareth Edwards did Godzilla. Yeah. He did Monsters That's too, right. which was like the kind of low budget. I'm sorry, they have so sci-fi. many directors. Actually, if we want to look, since 2012, they've employed J.J. Uh, Abrams, Gareth Edwards, Ryan Johnson, Ron Howard, J.J. Abrams. Well, and truthfully, it's I guess like our preamble to this because I think this is worth mentioning. When you look at, I guess, the talent that they were kind of courting when they went into this new trilogy. I mean, you have J.J., who 
which I, I was going to bring this up before we even got to this point, but his big claim to fame, I think, coming off of obviously a lot of his TV work that was really widely heralded, and he also did like uh, Mission Impossible Three, I think, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, Star Wars, like the revival of Star Wars on the big screen that I think was very well received. So him coming into the Star Wars universe, or I'm sorry, you said Star what Wars, the Star fuck Trek. Are you did I say Star Wars? I meant Star Trek. Oh, damn it, Star Trek. Um, so that was kind of like you know his, I guess at the time that was what at least I knew him for more than his television work. I know Ben is a big fan of his television. Which is funny is he doesn't like Star Trek. Well, he likes it now, but he didn't like it when he took over. Well, it's not that he didn't like it. It's He wasn't a fan of it. No, he's, what he said is he didn't understand it. But I think that's what made him make such good Star Trek movies, is he was an out-of-the-box, uh, different take he, on the series. He, and he literally applied sex and rock and roll to Star Trek. Like, Literally, that's he what he added to it was like softcore sex scenes or almost sex scenes and rock and roll, the Beastie Boys. And that's literally where <laughs> that's what he did for Star Trek. And he saved it. Are the Beastie Boys rock and roll? Yeah, absolutely. They're hip hop. No, they're rock and roll still like they're they're from the era of rock and roll. Their Welcome message to my music is rock gear. and roll. This is the podcast starring uh, me. We talk about music here. Like hell, I'm gonna talk about Phil Collins up next. XRT plays. I worked Beastie it in. Boys. Are you saying? Are you saying Beastie Boys is rock? It, yes. Is, is that what you're saying? XRT plays Beastie Boys for Christ's sake. Like okay. Welcome back to the Beastie Boys podcast. Yes, you could have hip hop and rock. Okay. Kanye's rock and roll. Like what are we even talking about? Yes. Lincoln Park. You have a very close-minded view of what rock and roll is, but that's okay. So, so back to my point, um, <laughs> where I was going with that is it seemed like as Disney kind of took control of this new wave of Star Wars films with J.J. kind of helming the return and then the plan, you know, oh, well, Ryan Johnson is going to be at the helm for episode eight. And at the time, Colin Trevorrow is going to be at the helm for episode nine. And we're doing these spinoff films and we're, you know have Gareth Edwards working on Rogue One. It was almost kind of like, if you look at mainstream science fiction kind of action films, you know, where you're not quite in the indie sphere, but you're not quite in like the, you know, blockbuster film sphere quite yet. Those seem to be those directors that they were going after. So to me, when I, at least initially when I heard that they were going after like the Gareth Edwards of the world and the Ryan Johnsons of the world, and to an extent like Trevorrow, although I was not a fan of that pick, but you could kind of see what they were doing with their directing talent um, as far as I think the direction they wanted to go in. Someone who could helm projects that large, but at the same time would create something that was going to appeal to a, a wide audience. You really didn't have any auteurs in that group per se. Not to say they weren't very talented and their films aren't good, but you didn't have really anyone that, you know, had that singular vision, I guess you could say. I will say that they did not make any mistakes with picking the directors, save for Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> I, we're just going to shit on him. I'm this sorry, whole cast. Colin. What? I'm sorry, Colin. Well, oh. Trevorrow. Not you. Not, yeah, Lee Carvalho. Well, you should probably apologize to me, too. No, but, so. but we're on a first-name basis. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill. Um, no, I think, actually, where they kind of messed up was not having, at least for the saga's sake, the same writer for all three. Like a lead writer. They should have had that. They didn't have that. Well, I disagree there. Um, 
If you want to tell one continuous story, it's better to have one person overseeing the whole thing. And don't say that's that's Kathleen Kennedy's job. That is Kathleen Kennedy's job. You're right. Marvel has had the same writer for all 23 movies. True or false? False. Exactly. But they've had... And who has been the person who has seen the creative control over all of those movies? Uh, Kevin Feige. However... I think he probably had a, a heavier hand with the Marvel movies than Kathleen Kennedy had Star Wars. Hard disagree. I feel like they just let Lawrence Kasdan run away with episode eight. I think he was the lead writer on that one. Well, sure. I'm sure he was the lead writer I think on she it. should have had a heavier hand. But Kathleen hands. Kennedy's not a writer. She's a producer. That's where her Hence, job comes they in. they should have had a lead writer on everything. <laughs> But that's not how it works. Like, there's not a lead writer on everything for Marvel. There's Kevin Feige, who is a producer. Like, you have someone overall who, like, has plotted everything out with a group of writers. I'm sure she worked heavily with J.J. Abrams, because J.J. Abrams claims that, going into Skywalker, that this is all according to plan. But uh, she oversees everything. She oversees the plot development. Nothing is allowed to go off the rails. That's why Phil Lord and Chris Miller were kicked to the curb, because they were trying to break from the plan. Okay. I mean, it's a different thing with Marvel. I mean, Marvel's gotten you know 20 movies a year you know in all kinds of phases there are only three star wars movies there were we've have including episode nine five star wars films have come out since 2015 yeah i know but like two of those don't count <laughs> two of those they're both prequels but they that's don't, not they're not part not... of the grand vision that is the third trilogy the point is that's not what was intended so Disney said already that the original plan with Star Wars was to apply the Marvel formula. And if you remember back in the day, many, many moons ago, Marvel only had one or two films coming out a year. It didn't have that much. It was Iron Man one year, Incredible Hulk another year, I think Iron Man two another year, and then Thor, and then they started coming out more. But those weren't interconnected. Those were all standalone movies. This is a trilogy. All the same people and all the same sort of the same the same story unfolds like, you know, it's well, let me finish the point um, no. is that uh, lost my train of thought now, Miller. He edits it so he can just cut out your point. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Edit it bigger. It was at this me. point that Ben <laughs> spontaneously combusted. I was saying that. Um, the point is, Disney tried to apply the Marvel formula to Star Wars in a slow ramp-up procedure where it was one movie a year, then two movies a year, then three movies a year, some being interconnected, some not being interconnected. They realized very early on with the box office, um, it wasn't a bomb, but unsuccess of Rogue One, that that was not going to be the case, that they were going about this all wrong, that Star Wars... That the Marvel formula doesn't apply to Star Wars. I thought it was Solo that taught them that lesson. Solo confirmed that lesson. Okay. Gotcha. It was, it was beginning to look like it with Rogue One, and then Solo bombed, and they were like, okay, this doesn't work. And I think Bob, Bob Iger, who is, who's the CEO of Disney now? I think it's Bob it's Iger. Bob is it Bob Iger? Iger? Bob Iger has said as much. He's like, this is the lesson we have learned. You know, we can't treat Star Wars like it's Marvel, which is like anyone could have told them that from the beginning. But they were focused on money, which like I can't blame them. They wanted they got a good property. They want to make their money back. Every decision Disney has made up to this point has been logical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
From a business standpoint, it's all been logical. You know, it is what it is. But Kathleen Kennedy has absolutely at least overseen the entire plot of the trilogy. Well, maybe it shouldn't have been her. And J.J. Abrams has still been an executive producer. I'm shaking my head. Why? I I don't like... I, I guess I'll say it now. I don't really like these movies, like these two new movies. Like, they don't really do anything for me. Okay, why? It's a lot of weird shoehorned plot points and things that happen that don't really make any sense for why they happen or it's long tangents that don't really have any payoff or there's the whole casino thing in the second movie there are the movies weird character development points there's just a lot that i'm turned off by i mean are the movies perfect no but you compare them to stuff from the original trilogy stuff from the prequel trilogy they're the exact same as far as content goes as far as the quality of the content, maybe not the same, but like stupid casino scenes, characters that are shoehorned, plots that don't make sense. Like Alec Guinness threw a temper tantrum on the set of Star Wars because he didn't understand anything that was going on. So Sure, but he still performed the hell out of his role. Because he's a good actor. But the point is that, and I think every Star Wars fan needs to hear this, Star Wars is stupid. It sucks. It's dumb as hell. It always has been, and it always will be. It's a kid's movie. We enjoy these because, as adults because they remind us of what they were like as kids. I enjoy playing, especially like Jedi Fallen Order, because it reminds me of what it was like as a kid watching the original Star Wars. They have always sucked, guys. This really is the last episode. <laughs> I wouldn't put Empire, which is my favorite Star Wars movie, in the top 100 movies on my list. It's it's not there. No, I, you're just fucking lying at this point. Top 50. Top 50. <laughs> ben is the Kylo Ren of this podcast. He's burning it all down. Tell me, Ben, Ben, Ben. Why are you booing me? Benjamin, I'm right. Benjamin, Benjamin, Benjamin. <laughs> Sit down. Okay. Ben <laughs> uh, is standing on the table. <laughs> He's literally standing on the table. Uh, what I, the point I wanted to make? Mm-hmm. Because I was gonna say, let's just go to the beginning of the movies and analyze them. But fuck it. So no, I don't have time for that. So I was going to say, thank you, Ben. I was going to say, I understand what you're trying to say. That the if you look at the content as Citizen Kane, it is not good. It's stupid as hell. For sure. So if you're saying in terms of film, this is a stupid movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I'd say I'd say in terms of entertainment and let's say, you know, like we talk about the hero's journey, it's set up exactly like the hero's journey. That's what they try to accomplish every movie, Um, except this last one. Uh, But uh, but they try to they try to do the hero's journey. They try to do this plot that's so enticing. For a human, you know, it's almost a universal language for all of us that we love the hero's journey. So to say that it has no value except for nostalgia, I think that's I think that's I don't know how to say I I think that's selling it a little bit short. No. Yeah. With respect, I am not I do not mean to devalue it. Right. I'm I'm, I'm being a bit hyperbolic to make a point here. But, you know, yeah. yeah, no, Star Wars has merit. If if it was so stupid that it had no value, I wouldn't be digesting it. We wouldn't be talking about it. <clears throat> it's it's not even sci-fi, so we wouldn't be talking about it if it didn't have value, at least in the conversation of sci-fi. So that wasn't my point. My point is that when people critique the new trilogy for things like 
plots don't make sense, or this entire section of the movie was a diversion and was unimportant, or, you know, Ray is, is so powerful, it's stupid, it doesn't make sense. It's like, yeah, the reason you're not judging the original trilogy in the same way is because you grew up on it. And it's because it's in your head as something perfect, no matter how many times you rewatch it. I've tried to nitpick Empire. I try, but it's always perfect to me because it was my favorite movie as a kid. So I can't ever go back and 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 fight it. But I could, of course, nitpick the hell out of these new movies because I am a, an adult now who has learned how to make up a mind. So I got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> say it. No, it's not violent. I, I don't. I, I wish no violence upon anyone in this podcast. Um, what you I were talking what, about violence. That's what ben, I, you're projecting. That was actually all of my subtext. I want to kill Miller. Ben, sit down. Give me a uh, give me a topic fight, Ben. Jason. So uh, I guess one of the things I was trying to do, and I never really did this before. I certainly didn't do it for the previous two films in this trilogy, but I'm doing it this time just because I feel like this is one of those pop culture like touchstones where you know we all hope that rise of skywalker is going to be great it may not be but i want to go into that movie theater this week and see that movie and kind of know that i i guess prepared myself in every way that i possibly could so i've been watching the whole saga again and probably i think i had the mindset where okay i'm going to do a, a movie a day for you know the next week and a half and i'll be able to get there and i think i watched what like three movies in the first night i didn't intend to i just i did you know they sucked me in and i started i know it's probably sacrilegious to some people but i don't really give a shit i started with episode one two three four i watched them you know in episode order um just because i kind of wanted to relive the whole saga and you know watch episode eight the day before i go see episode nine and go from there and uh, Star Wars isn't one of those things where I consume it like all the time. I would say, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of the universe and big fan of all the media games, you know, stuff as it comes out, TV shows now with Mandalorian, but I don't watch Star Wars, you know, once every couple months. I don't watch Star Wars once every couple years. You know, last time I saw A New Hope was probably five years ago, but in watching the films, or at least the Lucas helmed films in one way or another from episode one through episode six, like, yeah, they're all, all silly. And to me, I don't know. I don't really hold like the original trilogy with that degree of reverence to where I can't like pick out the goofy things. But to me, there's just something that transcends, I don't know. It transcends sci-fi or transcends fantasy or transcends that kind of like niche uh, you know, interests that we all have and all this stuff. Like, it's just, it's cultural. And to me, I don't know, I think uh, it speaks a lot to like what we're talking about here with like Hero's Journey and these archetypes and, you know, just like these uh, stories and kind of like memes that we have in a society. Like, it, it plays to all of that. So I feel like that's why it's become such a cultural touchstone. It's become such kind of like ubiquitous thing. We can all look at it and say, oh, Star Wars. Well, my parents know Star Wars. My you know wife knows Star Wars. Your, your grandpa knows Star Wars. I mean, we all know it. So, yeah, it's goofy. No, it's not going to win, you know, Oscars for writing or acting or anything of the sort, especially, you know, there's just some goofy shit in the prequel trilogy. Like there's some goofy shit. But ultimately... What I have to say, and I'm really curious now to see when when we're able to finish this 
new trilogy. Um, I'm really curious to see if this holds up as a story, as a story arc. I feel like for as much shit as the prequels got, and really, you can't really say the original trilogy got much shit from that standpoint, but they told coherent stories. And so far, watching one through three, and now I'm in the original trilogy, it's still a coherent story. It was pretty cool because uh, similar to like what I did with Mandalorian, you know, I'm watching the movies with my wife. She's never seen them before. So she started with one and now she's on episode five with me and she's picking up on things like, oh, that's cool. So is that where Obi-Wan went after, you know, such and such in the Clone Wars and Order 66? And it's like, it's really cool (laughs) to be experiencing that with someone who, you know, hasn't hasn't seen it or hasn't followed it for the last 20 years or whatever. So does she know that Darth Vader is Luke's father? She does now. <laughs> okay, Jason, you have to have to show her that. <laughs> well, she's watching. Are you guys marathoning together? Yeah. Okay, so, so have you gotten to episode five already? She so she watched the original. She watched the prequel trilogy with me. Uh huh. So she knows. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think about that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's how we're so watching it. Yeah. Weird. Okay, so that's why you always funny thing. Uh, oh god. Um, Mike showed his wife Star Wars, and they did the four, five, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's father. I don't know how you made it through life up to that point not knowing that, but even if She's you haven't lucky. seen Star Wars, you just you know it. She actually like freaked out at that moment, which I can't, I can't fathom that to be honest. Yeah, I wish I could, I wish I could bottle that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I went just my whole breathe life, it in every dude, once in a I while. Mean, I, I, you know, I was five years old in 1995, and I already knew Luke. I am your right. father, we, it, and it was meaningless to it. me. It was meaningless. The to only me. people that were blown away were the people in the theater in 19 was 81, 82 and at that that's point. That's about it. And I'm sure everybody was like, oh, no. And now, you know, we're millennials, so we don't know. You know, we don't know <laughs> that feeling. Which I guess that's why you're supposed to show people Star Wars in that uh, different order, I guess. But mm-hmm. Well, it's just cool from a continuity standpoint. Like I said, it's we're working our way through it. And from her, you know, experiencing, I guess, the saga for the first time and at least in the way we're watching it, because, again, it was very selfishly for me. I mean, that was my choice to watch it in that order. I didn't, you know, have any grand plan or anything. I just wanted to watch it from beginning, basically to end where we're at right now. So that way we can go into uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker and be chronologically right up to, you know, where where we left off. But I think the continuity angle, especially from going from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope, was really cool because, you know, last night we watched Revenge of the Sith and then tonight we watched A New Hope and it was like, oh, wow, cool. Oh, so I, yeah, oh, I get it, you know, and it was just kind of cool to like almost live that through her because I know what's going to happen. I've seen a million times, but at the same time too, I think it's a testament to George Lucas, even though he has obviously a very tenuous relationship with his fan base that, you know, regardless of whether it was retroactive or not. And obviously he kind of tweaked things in you know, different ways, which some agree with and some don't ultimately he made those pieces fit. And it, it 
you can watch those first six films as one long story and it there's a continuity there which i think is really really cool um I think with Rogue One, when they brought in, you know, elements of kind of that and tied it into the end, that's great. Like, I'm a sucker for that. I love the way Rogue One ended and rolled right into the beginning. Seamless. You can literally... It was seamless. Yeah, seamless and picks up right where they left off. Um, you know, we talked about that in like our Thing podcast. You know, I love shit like that. I love when they do that and you really see it rarely. So it's cool. I'm really curious to see, since this is the first time I've done it since the new films have come out, how that holds up with the sequel trilogy. So I'm really curious when I get to the end of uh, Return of the Jedi and I pop in Force Awakens, how that continuity is going to flow if it does. I don't know if it will because I've never actually done that experiment, but I'm really curious to see it. I don't know what you guys think about that. I don't know because you you miss a lot. You miss a lot of the sort of war that happens between the Empire and the New Republic. And like, you know, the fact that the last stand was at Jakku and, you know, you don't really pick up on that. I feel like you you like you're like, OK, that Star Destroyers are there, but you don't really understand that. What a significant place was it? Jakku or mm-hmm. Jakku? Jakku. Thank you for Jakku. What how significant the planet actually is, unless you're, you know, have been reading the novels and stuff like that. So I feel like there's definitely something that they could have done to make it more of that continuity you're talking about. I feel like that was missing a little bit from what you were talking about. I disagree on that front. I think uh, <clears throat> it was good, like, like back backstory, like good, like, like lore setting to know, like, kind of like there's stuff that happened beforehand or, or beforehand, but after Empire. But I don't think it was important for the story that they were telling, because I think all you really need to know is is another another Imperial kind of group that sprouted from the empire because that's what happens. Like, like, I know a lot of mainstream fans were upset that like, it was like, Oh, it's the empire again. I'm like, yeah, you think a galactic wide empire just goes away. <laughs> like they're, they're going to be around for a long time. So it's just another group. And like, yeah, like I'd like to know more, but that's what books are for. So I don't think it was necessary for the, for the story. I think it's funny. You say that just because of your opinion of the whole, uh, thing on the outer worlds not enough exposition (laughs) so immediately contradicting yourself i just i just here's my thing with outer worlds i because i thought more about that i thought it was just so cool that they should have put it in the damn game that's really all it comes down to fair enough like that divergence was really cool so did jesse freak out when anakin went evil and turned into darth vader like because we all saw we all knew that it was going to happen because we watched it four, five, six, and then one, two, three. So we knew this little kid was going to become Darth Vader. But did she know that, like, going into episode, yeah, the end of I episode mean, three? She, she knew, she knew, just because, I mean, again, it unless you're living under a rock, it's it's pretty hard to escape that. I mean, you, you generally just kind of know the the flow of the story at this point now, or what happens in broad strokes. But I think it was cool for her, and she really enjoyed, like, the arc you know, the arc of the prequels. And that's something I would defend. I mean, there's a lot of silly stuff there, but like what was cool and what I tend to forget, because I remember when I take time away from the Star Wars films, I remember the story of each film in really broad strokes, but I generally forget a lot of like the dialogue and a lot of the little scenes, the in-between scenes. And there's like so much space politics in that prequel. And I know it's like 
probably a big part that was maligned by a lot of folks, but like I thought that was great. Like holy shit, it really delved deep into what was going on and how the you know all the actors and the stage were set for what eventually would happen. Um, but then it's cool because to me, in watching it that way, it it makes the original trilogy richer. A, a lot of the stuff that you're seeing, like in New Hope. Um, or, or things you're hearing, little throwaway lines of dialogue have a different significance because of what you've seen. So in that regard, I mean, I'd have to give Lucas credit for just his world building. And I think that's really what George Lucas is. He's a world builder. He's not by any stretch of the imagination, an amazing, you know, storyteller from uh, a writing standpoint or anything like that. But the guy has an imagination and I don't think anyone could ever take that away from him or fault him for that. I'd say I agree with what you're saying because I think I totally get exactly what you're saying. Um, when um, when they say things like the balance of the force and stuff like that, I, I, I'm going on this whole rant that it was informed to me by a, a certain celebrity. Um, but the balance of the force um, takes on a whole new meaning when you look at it because you start to say, like, why was Palpatine so powerful in what he was doing? And then you start to realize that's because there was the Jedi Council. There was Jedi everywhere, incredibly powerful Jedi. And in order for that to balance, there had to be incredibly powerful dark. There had to be incredibly powerful dark, which wound up being Palpatine, you know, the the most powerful Sith in the universe because the Jedi were so successful. They created Palpatine. And like, and so these sorts of things were like balance. Like if you go back to, um, if you go back to the last Jedi uh, and you start watching uh, Ray and Luke interacting and he's teaching her about this balance and then they basically go, they basically lay it out for you. They lay out how every single Star Wars movie is made. They say there's this incredible, you know, there's this violence and then there's this peace. There is this darkness and there's this light. And, you know, so even when um they were facing off with the Supreme Leader, um, I forget his name. Uh, Snoke. Snoke. Uh, when they're facing off with Snoke, he even says it. He says, you know, you know, Ren or Kylo Ren. I knew that when you rose to power, there would be a Jedi out there somewhere. I knew that when you became so powerful, there would be another Jedi out there. There would be a light Jedi who would meet you, who would defeat you, um, basically. And um, and so like whenever. And that's why, like when so so there's so much darkness here and there's there's so much light that's going to meet it i think that's going to be the big thing in episode nine is that snoke was this huge evil and now kylo ren is basically taking that from the force he's going to become incredibly powerful and then there's going to be this incredibly powerful light jedi you know jedis they they referenced it at the end of eight you know the kid force you know, grabbing the broom and, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So everything starts to kick at that point because all of this energy was released into the force. And so everybody clicked on to the force. Basically, all of this power was dispersed. And so it's like, so all of this balance is what Star Wars is about. So I don't know what that is analogous to or if that's like a huge metaphor for anything, but. That's that's what I've noticed throughout the entire series. You know, the Jedi were had hubris and that's what created Palpatine because they thought we could become so powerful. But they had no idea that the dark had to meet them 
They had no idea they were creating this dark. They had no idea. And then Palpatine comes out and they're like, whoa, how did this happen? And like, well, if you understand the force, you would understand that. Sure. So, yeah. Sorry, I went on a whole rant there. No, that was good. <laughs> I mean, one of the things, too, that actually kind of brought up for me uh, in having now a fresh rewatch of the prequels is that Lucas makes the Jedi Order very unlikable. Yes. And that was great because I forgot. Like, I forgot that, you know, but every scene that the Jedi Council's in... I mean, you don't really like these characters. They're a bunch they're, of D-bags, yeah. They're, they're absolutely very arrogant. They and treat can, Anakin like a child. <laughs> but you can see that kind of, uh, I hesitate to use the word corruption, but that kind of corrupted core of what they are. And, and even, I think, a reference that I, I, I want to say it was in uh, Attack of the Clones where uh, Yoda says, you know, we're clouded from the Force. Like, we, we can't you know we can't feel it we can't let anyone know because then our enemies would multiply so it's just it's interesting that i feel like uh, to kind of go back to that point like lucas knew he knew what he wanted to do and he he knew what he was doing and maybe the execution was kind of spotty in some places but he certainly had the vision um at least in my opinion going um, even sorry going in even deeper into your point bill one of my favorite theories is um, about how the Force is almost sentient, which uh, has actually had more evidence to back it up in like Clone Wars and things like that since since the theory kind of came about. I first heard it through a friend, but it's a theory that's been on the internet for a long time, and that be, the Force is sentient, and as a result, not just like creates Palpatine as a response to to the Jedi, but um, create like it pushes the Jedi back. It become the force itself becomes an antagonist to the Jedi in the in the prequel trilogy. Like you talk about in episode three, like the force, uh, the force, uh, the, Yoda's visions of the future being clouded, um, people being un unable to read situations, the Jedi being 100% Mostly, for, some, for the most part, some of them caught on, but the powerful ones were able to figure out what was happening. But most of them were caught off completely off guard by Order 66, which shouldn't happen for a Jedi. So it wasn't just Palpatine that rose to power. I, I am of that firm theory that that the Force was like, no, the Jedi are done, at least as they are now, which is why I actually do like this this push now going forward in the current trilogy to not bring the Jedi back. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was an interesting, and you know, like the new Jedi order was a creation before the prequel trilogy. So it doesn't really, it can't feed off that, I guess, but that's another reason why maybe it's good to kind of wipe out some Canon. But I think that it like, like, so what will Ray's answer be? If the Jedi can't exist because they shouldn't, what will the answer be then? Because there still needs to be guardians. There still need to be people out there to help. I think I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But the fact that is that the Jedi have been harmful since, and as we've seen through stuff that may not be canon per se, but looking back just as evidential texts, like the Old Republic, the Jedi were harmful and problematic as fuck. They became antagonists to the sith almost whereas the sith in a lot of cases were just like leave us alone the jedi are like no we're gonna fucking kill you <laughs> and it was yeah. it was just constant with them and and that's yeah i, I was gonna say that's 
it's incredibly true. And, you know, I think about it, too, is that the fact that the Senate basically had the hubris as well to use the Jedi Council mm-hmm. as a weapon in their politics. And so that kind of destroyed the light side that was coming from the Jedi. Well, one thing that I noticed, the literal, the there's a literal balance that happens. So all the Jedi are wiped out, you know, for the most part. And then you have this incredible Palpatine, incredibly powerful Palpatine, and a whole bunch of the Jedi have died. And then and then Anakin also goes to the dark side, right? And so there are these incredibly powerful dark things happening. And then what happens? Right after Anakin is fully committed to the Sith, two new Jedi are born right at that moment. Yeah. Right at that moment. That darkness hits and then those two lights, you know. Well, he brings balance to the Force. It brings balance. He fulfills his prophecy in episode three. That's true. He wipes out the Jedi. It's it's over. Holy shit. His children are born. There is balance to the Force. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that. That's he he fulfilled the prophecy basically. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be better if hmm wouldn't it be better if well that's the thing that happened. I just thought about that is that sorry, just one second. So Palpatine dies, Anakin dies at the end of 6, mm-hmm. right? And then you have Luke and Leia there. Mm-hmm. And then they start they start the academy or whatever. Luke yeah. starts the academy. And then all of this light is happening again. And the Force responds. And the Force responds by creating Snoke, an incredibly powerful Sith that can connect two minds across the galaxy. Right? And they never really went into that. Like He's a dark side user. I still have no fucking idea where he came he from. Has, he has context. I haven't read it yet, but there's some... Um, he finally has gotten some EU context. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I'm not sure what exactly it is. I won't like say if it's like detailed or not. But uh, I still think someone as important as him... They should have flushed him out a little bit better in the in the movies, but I think they didn't flush him out because he was supposed to be a red herring all along. Mm-hmm. I think they. It, it hurts to say this. I think they've always planned to bring Palpatine back. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. I think they did. I, I I've I have kind of calmed down since my initial like since I first heard the. <laughs> I like got really upset at that point. I oh, I just wanted to mention to everybody, I have completely cut myself off from trailers since that point. All right. I have really? not watched a single trailer. I have I, no idea what's going to happen in this next movie. Fair enough. That's no good. idea other than... That's good because this last trailer was bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, I haven't watched it, so nobody's ever really gone, and Palpatine laughed. That's all I know. And like when that happened, I initially was like, ah, that's why bring him back. Like, let go of the past. Kill it if you have to. Like, what was the whole point? Ooh. But. <laughs> that's what Kylo Ren says. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> He's right. Yeah. He's right in that. Oh, my that God. Moment. By the way, I just watched that. And I found myself saying, like, yeah, he's right. Mm hmm. He's absolutely right. Kyla, ben Solo is wise in a number of ways, but he's misguided in many more. So well, I always he, thought that was Disney saying, stop fucking comparing this to the oh, old shit. We're making new things. It was. <laughs> it was. But also, but also, it's, you know, if, if I've always felt just as a writer, if you want to put your your perspective of something into the mouth of a character that you write, you need to also make sure that that character is the right person to say it mm-hmm. because, and I think in a lot of ways, Ben is 
because he thinks he he thinks he's right he's more right than he is about some things and he doesn't realize he's right about things that he is right about that's confusing but i hope that made sense like there are things he's right about that he doesn't realize he is and there are things he thinks he's right about that he is not so i i well, it's incredible because i mean in this in this last one i just watched when they're connected when their minds are connected ray's immediate thought is oh my god you know like you know she's just like oh you're so evil i hate you i hate you and kylo ren is just like how is this happening right now how are we connected <laughs> And yeah. that was the right question. Yeah. That's what he should have been saying. And it's like, he has the right ideas. He just happens to embrace the dark side. Yeah. So he has the right stuff. He just, you know, when, when Ray is just like, I don't know, when Ray just wants to, wants to embrace, you know, the Republic, you know, basically the old and the new Republic. And Ben is just like, no, let's start something new. Let's start fresh. You're still thinking about this stuff. You're still thinking about your parents. You're still thinking about these this shit that doesn't matter. You're still thinking about the Jedi. You're still thinking about the Sith. Stop thinking about that stuff. Let's move on. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, when I was watching it. And one of my one of my biggest complaints of this new trilogy is not showing enough of how Ray does walk that line of of darkness. You know, in in Jedi Fallen Order, there's a wonderful line. I can't wait to talk about it. But it, it's it, it's in that same vein of like you walk the line of the dark side and it's so easy to fall in. And we don't see that enough with Rey because she's definitely capable of it. And, you know, I think we may get some more answers to that based on like some things I've seen from trailers that we won't talk about because I know you don't want to see it. But I think we may get like responses to that finally. But I, I think it would have really helped to show her struggle more. As we've gone on. Well, no. I don't want to say that they're mirroring or at least taking heavily from the original trilogy, but Ray faced the darkness and resisted and moved on. That's what episode eight was. Sure. That's what episode five was for Luke. It's the exact same scene, just you know, different visuals or whatever, but I don't think they want to show her walking that line. She faced it. She defeated it. Moving on. We're, I think we're adding too much com complexity to this new trilogy. Then how do you explain Dark Ray in the trailer? Are you talking about the Force? Because that's literally George Lucas quotes. That's like that's like quotes from George Lucas no, I, saying that stuff. <laughs> trailers. It's in the D23. Oh, it wasn't no, in the trailer. It was no, in the D23 it, it one. Wasn't yeah. the trailer. No, I, I think we're adding too much complexity to Ray. Okay. I'm, but I'm saying that I wish that was there. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm not saying that yeah. it should have been there. I'm saying that as a character for the, who she is and who she's been explained to be so far, she should have walked the line more than she has. It shouldn't have been a confrontation with the dark side and then defeating it. It should have been something where it's like she's always struggling with it because of how powerful she is. Well, we don't know who Ray is. You know what? I... I I will say that from what they've shown in the trailers, at least, she's definitely going to deal yeah. with it again. No, absolutely. She's going to have to confront that again and make another choice. Well, then again, so did Luke in episode six. Yeah, Literally, Palpatine absolutely. was handing him everything that he could have wanted. So, I guess, well, they're still they're still taking from the original trilogy. But. I mean, and Miller, um, I th I think that who who is Ray ties back into what Bill was saying is that 
she's a nobody. I'm, I, I hope to God she's still a nobody. I liked Ryan Johnson's answer to that. But she is the Force's answer. She was someone the Force picked who thought it could she could do a good job in bringing balance. And, and that's it. I think that's why she's so powerful, because she was picked by the Force. Going back to the title of The Force Awakens... It was it was the force awakening and giving itself to her. I think that's why she's so powerful right off the bat. And I think that uh, I know J.J. Abrams has said that we're going to get some more definitive answers as to why she's so powerful, what her heritage is. And right. Which it, it feels kind of like, like a retcon to me a little bit. Maybe it depends on how it's done. Like do I you said, think that was always the plan where Ryan Johnson was going to spread a little bit of misdirection there? I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where it's like it, it it's all going to depend on how it's executed. It will be very obvious if it's a retcon. It won't be so obvious if it's if it was always part of the plan. No, you get what I'm saying? If you're left there wondering, I don't know if they I really were it, trying I to. I think it was this. vague enough that they could still retcon it and make it seem seamless. And it came from from Kylo Ren, who is an unreliable source of information in that regards. He wants to manipulate her to join him. Of course he would say you're a nobody. So maybe he was lying. Maybe she is Obi-Wan's granddaughter. I don't know. Are we fanboying fanboying too much here? No, I, I think know. we're speculating a lot. Okay. But well, I think that's I, I want to speculate today. a lot on nine, but I didn't quite want to get there yet. I think well, personally, my my main thoughts, I think, on the new trilogy now that we're at that point, and uh, you know, I think we've talked a little bit about what came before. So I, a question I want to pose to you guys, just because I want to get everyone's thoughts are, you know, how this trilogy has kind of gone about from a creative standpoint with, you know, the writing, different directors, you know, kind of JJ and Kathleen Kennedy curating this, I guess, to some extent versus, you know, originally, I guess what like George Lucas's vision would have been where, you know, he had these, this big 12 film arc, you know, kind of planned out, um, so that's the one question I would pose. I'm kind of curious to see what everyone's thoughts are on that. Um, I certainly have mine on it. The second thing um, I guess I would want to bring up in that regard is um, when you look at when you look at the new trilogy, and I don't know if this was always the case, so correct me if I'm wrong, but now I've seen a lot of outlets taken to calling it as like a trademark thing, the Skywalker saga. That's what Disney is calling. So it that's now. a Disney yeah. thing, right? So it's interesting for me because I was able to when I when I heard that and then I started my new watch through, it almost kind of recontextualized the entire saga for me. So now I'm watching it as that and it suddenly kind of makes more sense. It's like, okay, well yeah, the prequel trilogy is the story of Anakin and, you know, it's that's one generation of the Skywalker family, right? The original trilogy is the children of, you know, Anakin and Padme. And then now we've got the sequel trilogy where, okay, it's the grandchildren. So then almost, I guess that would be the best way to put it, recontextualize how I'm viewing the saga now and viewing these trilogies as kind of being interconnected in a way it almost kind of made the Palpatine thing a little bit more palatable for me because I was also one of those where when I saw that it was like, all right, here we go, you know, but I, I it's I'm kind of doing the bill thing. I've avoided a lot of, you know, pre-release stuff. So I, I've been consciously kind of trying to stay out of the loop with that. Um, but to me, 
now I can buy it a little bit more because I, and I don't know if anyone here has been spoiled on anything because I, I think it's leaked now. I think it's it's out there as far as uh, at least rumors on like, trust me, I'm avoiding it like the plague. So yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I'm not going to search that out. No. I caught one spoiler and I've, I have forgotten it. Okay, good. Just don't. Let's just not talk about spoilers. So, well, I don't know anything. But my, 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 the only reason, the only reason I bring that up is because I just want to make sure if we do, because it's going to be fun, and I'm sure that'll be the probably the last part that we talk about here. If we do speculate, I want to make sure that no one in this room actually knows what's going to happen. I would think we would all want to avoid that, yes, like the plague. But I certainly don't. I've got some speculation that kind of ties into my whole, you know, Skywalker saga thing, which I'll bring up. But um, yeah, I don't know. Those are my kind of my questions to you guys. Kind of see what you think. I was, I was gonna. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna make a quick point. Go ahead. Um, I was gonna say what you, when you look at the first six movies, right? What I think, what I originally thought when I looked at that in a vacuum, this is these are six movies that follow Anakin Skywalker from beginning to end, and that's it. That's what I thought for those six first six movies. If you were to look at them and not consider the sequel trilogy, this is the story of Anakin Skywalker. That's it. Then like Luke Skywalker happens to be a side character in there. Anakin Skywalker is the main show throughout the whole thing. So that's that. If you look at the six movies, who gets the most screen time, who's the biggest character, who has the biggest uh, um, dynamics, who uh, who changes the most. That's Anakin Skywalker. I disagree that the original trilogy was Anakin was the main character. Oh no, no. When Luke it came was... out, no, when it came out four to six, that, that right. obviously that's not it. Right. But when you recontextualize it with the prequels, then the entire saga becomes Anakin Skywalker. Of course. And then the original trilogy, the new trilogy would be about his, his legacy. He's not the, he's not in it physically, but his legacy is tainted all over it. Mm. But yeah, you're right. I thought you were saying you were arguing that Anakin was the main character in the original trilogy. I was like, no, I, I don't <laughs> want to say that at all. <laughs> sorry. Sorry if that it's came okay. off like that. Sorry. This is a little off topic. Not really. It wasn't until Jason said it in a certain way that I, ne I never realized. It's not overly so, but how derivative Star Wars is from Dune. Oh really? I never made that connection, and I apologize for that. I still haven't watched Dune. I never. Yeah, well, I never no, got into you Dune. You had Dune, and then you had Children of Dune, and it's literally the twin children of Paul Atreides. Oh, I'm sure they pulled that from the e into the EU oh, straight from it. Oh God, I, I. I guess I'm not a real Star Wars fan. I never made that connection. Not a real Star Wars. Yep, I fucked up. Well, to be fair, Children of Dune came out in 76, which was, what, two years before Star Wars? One year. One year? 77. Yep. So, I think Lucas wrote Star Wars long before that, though. So, we're okay. Okay. We're okay. Okay. I'm okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, fearless leader. What do you think we should talk about now? Don't do that. <laughs> well, I posed... I, I posed several questions to yes. you guys. Yes. You did post. What were those questions? questions? Uh, let's rewind the tape here. Okay. It was, um, I guess, looking at the fact that you have a saga now that is literally eighteen hours worth of nine films, but somewhere in there you had a creative schism. So you had George Lucas. One through six, that's the George Lucas show, whether he was directing them or just writing them, but he basically had that in his 
you know, in his mind. And it's well documented that Lucas had seven through nine and 10 through 12 as, you know, at least a, a treatment. He had a story kind of mapped out for that. Um, so it's just interesting to me. And it's, it's just pure speculation. But now you've got, you know, a new captain at the helm and have had a new captain at the helm of kind of his baby or his universe for the past, you know, decade. And I don't know. I just I'm kind of curious what everyone's thought is as far as where it went or I guess where it's going versus where it could have gone. So or if we think that that legitimizes or delegitimizes the saga in any way. I, I will say that when Lucas sold it to Disney, he told them where he was going to go with it. And honestly, I think they took that with a grain of salt. Um, I think even Lucas said, like, I told him where I was going to go and they did their own thing. So whatever, it's their company now. They can do whatever they want. But I do remember <sighs> there was an interview with Mark Hamill and he said, while I was doing Return of the Jedi or something, Lucas said, hey, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but someday I want to do a sequel to these movies and it will be like 40 years later. There will be new heroes. There will be new characters and you guys will be the older, you know, wiser characters. And clearly they've ran with that. Disney took that and kept going. So I think they are in to at least a small degree. They are kind of still using Lucas's plan with where they wanted to go with the saga. So, yeah, uh, Many years ago, when I was in seventh grade. Two years ago. Two and a half. Come on. Ben, sit down. Ben's still got the spinner <laughs> hat. Taking off his shirt. Taking off his shirt. shirt. <laughs> He's still got his yep, spinner hat. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, I watched a trailer for episode three. And my friend said, man, this is great. I can't wait for what's next. And I said, that's it. That's it. That's the end of it. You got one, two, three, four, five, six. There's no more. He goes, yeah, but there's seven, eight, and nine. And he said, you're full of shit. And he goes, no, look. And he brought up a website. I forget what it is at this point. But he brings up a website, and it is a plot line for episodes seven, eight, and nine. And it was, it's like a full backstory and stuff. It's like a fan site. And someone was like explaining like everything. Like Lucas once said to, to Mark Hamill on set that he had planned to do more movies. He had done this on, on so-and-so 1983. Like Lucas sat down with Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill to discuss what was next in the future and all blah, blah, blah. And then it goes through the estimated plot line. I don't remember a lot of it from what I kind of do remember. It seems like it combined his original idea, combined young Jedi Knights with what we have now. So, like, it was a little bit more leaning into the whole Jedi fantasy, like recreating the Jedi, having the children of Luke and Mara Jade going around and stuff like that. And it it was uh, but still having Luke, Leia and Han as the main characters throughout it as like these wise older characters yeah so i just i want to show a little actor because i remember i, I still remember i, I never page. realized before but um seventh grade ben this is the same impersonation or the same like voice you do for your mother so no my mom's this that that's right you're right <laughs> i'm just this <laughs> hi i'm ben young <laughs> that's good 
I'm sorry, I've been working on it. Crush you, Jason. Crushed it. I've been working on it. I've been really young. Can I answer something Jason asked? If you can remember what it is. What? I forgot them all. You're in a stinky mood tonight. I'm sick. Sick. Oh, I've yeah, been sick for the last three days. You okay? No. Do you want me to rub your tummy? Yeah. Non-drowsy Sudafed. It it's the perfect thing. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get. We'll, we'll <laughs> I just do math. Um, I just wanted to say in regards to your, uh, I think you said something of. I don't remember what he said. <laughs> no, uh, I think you said something like, uh, "Where do you wish it would have gone?" And I think that in a lot of ways that point is moot yeah I, I talked a little bit about, like how i wish they would have done ray but like i think if we dwell on how we wish the trilogy would have gone that that just leads to a path to the dark side of us just complaining about the last jedi well, and and admiral holdo and... To, to be fair i didn't say i didn't say wish so I, I know wish. no one remembers what i said tonight but I didn't say where do we wish it goes because I was with Ben, I think, wholeheartedly when we were discussing Last Jedi. And I think one of the, the key things we were discussing were the fan base and kind of this toxic turn that the fan base has taken and mm -hmm. a sense of ownership over creative property that, you know, you didn't create. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, a kind of a, a big theme, I think, running through this new trilogy. And really, it started with the prequel trilogies. Nothing's ever going to live up in your, your headcanon when you compare it to what's actually on the screen. So I just think it's interesting because I know as a creative person, as a creator, I think everyone in this room is a creator in some way, shape, or form. You know, if I wrote uh, an album, a concept album or something like that that I was really proud of and I had this epic storyline in mind or whatever, and, you know, I two-thirds of the way through sold it and said okay finish finish my concept album like it, i don't know it'd just be kind of weird and uh, granted he made squillions and squillions of dollars so and it was a conscious decision that george lucas made so george lucas has to live with that so i'm not i'm not saying sympathy for george lucas but i'm just kind of you know it's just a thought experiment i'm just kind of curious you know what everyone's i guess thought is on that like yes he willingly gave up the rights to his story they decidedly, I think from all intents and purposes, from what I've heard, decided to kind of go in a different direction. They didn't follow Lucas's template to a T. Maybe they took elements out of it, but they certainly didn't stick, you know, religiously to it. So I don't know. I think he should pay. What? George Lucas should pay for what he's done <laughs> to all of us. <laughs> he should pay for this podcast. So I, I yeah, I. I have, um, Colin's been freaking out. You go. Well, no, I have two things to say. One, you said uh, the fans took a toxic turn after episode eight, and I would just say that Star Wars fans have always been toxic, <laughs> particularly to its creator, George Lucas. That They've always felt, for some reason, that they own Star Wars. I don't... I still don't get that. Uh, that poor man. He's just so broken and bitter. That poor, poor <laughs> rich, rich man. They, they, well, no, they... He, there's a reason he sold Star Wars because he was fucking tired of its fans. Sure. Also, four billion dollars looks good to anyone. Did but, uh, did uh, any of you guys see uh, the people? I think it was People versus George Lucas. Yes, that's yeah. so that documentary. Good. Have you ever seen it? I haven't seen it. I think it's on it. Netflix still. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Mm. I mean, as far as a documentary of like a, a subject or like a topic, it's very because I mean it specifically discusses the cultural legacy of Star Wars. But it's really interesting because they examine the relationship between the fans and George Lucas. Yeah. 
especially in the lead up to episode one. And it's yeah, oh, it's it's, it's something. It's if the internet it's was something. as prevalent as it is now uh-huh. during episode, like the internet existed, but you didn't have social media like you do now. It would have been the same shit show that oh, it yeah. is. It, it really would have been. Um, my second thing I wanted to say is you kind of uh, touched upon like, did we see the it going somewhere else or is there anything we regret that with where the new uh, trilogy is kind of gone? I kind of wish it didn't take place 40 years later or wherever it is. The The whole struggle of the um, the middle, the original trilogy was to see the destruction of the Empire and this new Republic form and yay democracy's back and freedom and all that and they just bypassed all of that there's no payoff they won and then 40 years later they didn't win they lose again like, <sighs> that's that that's the one thing i was like <sighs> you got I, I feel like i was robbed i did not see this this new golden age happen we just literally went to the first fucking movie back after episode seven it was destroyed we didn't even see it yeah. they were still showing the fringy uh there was supposed to be a movie of the galaxy we did not see this new heyday Rogue two yeah i i feel like we were cheated on that i i I regret it and they could still show it they're still they could go back and go here's what happened mandalorian is showing this new galaxy but they're still not still dirty fringy they will it already got renewed for season two three four five i don't think maybe all right but yeah, as long Colin. as ba- Baby Yoda is actually going to be the new main character of Mandalorian, I hope they're, so. they're ditching the Mandalorian. They're actually yeah. going to call it the Baby Yoda. Yeah. It's going to be called the Child. <laughs> I'm calling him Yodi. <laughs> it's going to be like the French <laughs> spinoff. Yeah. Started, Yoda. Yep. Started calling Just him Yodi. Baby Yoda. His name is actually going to be Yaggert. But anyway, I was going to say, Colin, I completely agree with your with your feelings on that because I feel like that's how I that was my knee jerk reaction. But at the same time. I think when we get nine and everything is fully conceptualized, I believe that the Republic was just a figure and that it just needed to be destroyed in order for the story to happen the way it happened. But I also know that Ryan Johnson on episode eight, there's this incongruity. Like, like I understand. I, I understand and I recognize what episode seven is I can put it in a box and then I get to episode eight and I'm like, what the hell is going on when I first saw it? And now I kind of say like, okay, this will probably make sense when we get to nine. I hope, I hope it does. And I sort of understand the sort of flux that's happening with the force and the fact that you have Ray in a conflict with Ren and then you have Luke dying and you know, the light side taking a huge hit and, you know, the awakening of the force within the entire universe. I understand that. But like you said, I would have loved to see the Republic. I would have loved if there's material that comes out in the future describing that new Republic, that would be amazing to me. But I don't think it would fit into the main trilogy as we have it now. Oh, no, not but now. I would have loved to see it. Bill said what I wanted to say. That's not the story. Good news. A journalist once said good news isn't news. And that, I think, carries over in a lot of storytelling. Peace isn't interesting. So when you talk about a family like the Skywalkers, who have had this kind of overarching weaving into the politics of the entire galaxy throughout the entire saga, 
that that's not the story that could be told we can't that's not an interesting story to be told like to see like oh let's rebuild the new republic yeah i'm sure it'd be a very interesting book about some different characters but it would not be a good skywalker story a good skywalker story is about doom and gloom and about the world falling apart so basically what I'm, you both are kind of saying that the Republic itself was more of a plot device than anything else. Yeah. Um, I still think it would have been good to show the new Republic and then show that no matter what, uh, the same, we'll call them evils exist and it kind of doesn't function as well as it was supposed to. And it, it's, I think that w still would have been a good uh, story to tell. And you can still have the Star Wars saga there but i i honestly think it would have been more impactful to show that like i hate to say this but like you know government isn't perfect they tried to make a new one it was supposed to be the new beginning the new light and they still run into the same fucking problems don't be afraid to say the government is imperfect <laughs> well, I, I i don't want to make this a political podcast as well i don't guess, either but, but uh, you know just don't be afraid <laughs> no one to, to my to that point colin they easily could have made episode seven be Luke establishing the Jedi Academy and all of it falling apart, which would have been with cool. Kylo defecting and kicking off the whole First Order bullshit. That's but they didn't. I don't. They didn't want to do that. I don't know. And I don't know if that never crossed their mind. It, it's just the actors. But were it's too just old. Medea Race. What the actors can be as old as you want them to be. Medea Race. I don't know who that is. That's. That's it's a storytelling technique. You start a story in the middle and then oh, fill in the in backstory media res. Medea Reyes, yes. In media res. Yeah, if you're an American, sure. Medea Reyes. Did she win the Best Actress Oscar? I never saw that Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> Medea Reyes. I was oh like, is this another Medea movie? I don't. <laughs> Uh, no, we already did that with episodes four, five, and six. Then going into because we don't need to it's do a it tried and true storytelling technique, Miller. You don't want to start at the beginning. If you start at the but beginning, it's, it's all exposition. But it's brand new. It's like, not brand new. It's episode seven. Yeah, after we've already gotten one through six. Why did we need to do in Media Res or Media Race or whatever you? Say? Why did we need to do that <laughs> in the middle of a brand new trilogy? Because I it's a new trilogy. It's a new film. And besides, A New Hope, quote unquote, is a standalone movie. They never knew that it was going to get another shot. So, I mean, yeah, you could have it. It's a standalone movie. Like, no, Lucas has even like said on on documentary, mm -hmm. A New Hope was the least complex portion of Star Wars. That's sure. why he started oh, there. He's, he's like one through three. That's too much. Can't do that. I can start at four because it's easier to tell. That's why he started there. So many movies just start at the start. Like we don't need to be doing this like backtracking exposition stuff for every single movie. Like we did it for Star Wars. Star Wars did it. It was called the first six movies. And they did it again. Why need? Why do we need to do it again? Because it's a good storytelling technique, and it's good to. Quick and along a lot the plot. Of good storytelling techniques. When you have as much plot and exposition as Star Wars does, it's good to just start in the middle and skip past all that. <laughs> but shit you wouldn't need to do exposition to if you just started from immediately what happened after Jedi. Start. For, they can't start it from immediately after what happened to Jedi because Luke is because Mark Hamill is sixty years old. They can't do that. Uh, I don't know. They made 10, a convincing look in Tarkin. 
Ben, sit down. Ben, Ben's leaving. He's going to go open Ben's another uh, fresh Ben's can of truly. Ben's leaving. He's taking so, out his lightsaber. Bill, did you have, did you have a point? Um, you want to make? I never do. But uh, I was what I was going to say was uh, what I was going to say was the corruption of the New Republic. He's oh, got no. a sword. He's got a sword. He's, He's got a sword. Ben, put it down. Um, He's going to hurt somebody. That's not a sophisticated weapon for a more elegant age. <laughs> That's just a You're big so old, old hunk of metal. I want metal. Bill to finish his point. Big old okay, foamy boy. but I have a thing, some things to yell about. All right, big old foamy boy. I got a, couple, I got a point I want to make. I was gonna say one that thing. That Tarkin no, comment was a joke. Okay, we all have points. We all have points. We got a cue. We're Let's getting, go. There's a reason the boys now. are here. Point. We're like ellipses. Point. 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 We're getting into hour and three. And we're running out of time. Okay. Points quickly. Three hour. Okay. So I believe that the New Republic was corrupt. I believe that that was a point that was made in in episode eight. There was funding going to the First Order from somewhere. And there were these, you know, in um, Canto Bai, I think it's called. Um, Canto Bite, I think it's. Bite. The casino place? Yeah, Canto, Canto Bite. So all of these were basically arms dealers, right? And they were all making money off of selling arms to the first order and so where did they get that money there was funneling funneling through it had to be large producing places which the first order was in the corner of the galaxy so there must have been loyalists throughout the republic so there's this whole i believe implied political intrigue in there that they don't get into because it's not supporting the story it's not meaningful to the story except that in canto bite they present it as there's these horrible arms dealers there you go well, you my think, thing do is, you think luke i'm sorry i was, saying, oh, do you I think was just gonna say like in the mandalorian we see that imperial credits still have value they killed palpatine kill, quote unquote killed i don't we don't know we'll see what happens um they killed palpatine they killed darth vader and they blew up the death star they didn't destroy the entire empire. That's safe to say that there are probably loyalists throughout the galaxy who still have these funds that still it's like, hey, you know, do you want to They go to these arms dealers? Do you want to back the winning team or do you want to, you know, will you you'll be destroyed along with the rest of the Republic? But those were those shock troopers. Those were the ones that were wiping out the wiping out the empire. Right. That was the whole point of that. Well, we actually know what happened to the Empire in this current canon through the expanded universe, which was Goddamn they, split, they split into many factions, basically, is, in, is in summary. I won't aftermath. get there's, there's an Aftermath uh, trilogy. Comic books, too. There's yeah. all sorts of shit. Uh, actually, I, I do recommend that people do take the time. You can read it or do the audiobooks. The Aftermath trilogy is fucking awesome for post-Return of the Jedi, leading us to where we are now. Um, I thought it was very good. Um Bill, you said something and made me think, do you think Lucas would have focused more on the sort of like arms dealing and uh, kind of corruption still existing? Do you think he would have focused on more of that in this current trilogy than they have? Uh-huh. I think yeah. so. I think I think that the people that are making the films now are the children that watched them when they came out. So they have a completely different perspective on the entire saga than George Lucas, who originally wrote and shot it and has the, the his memories of Star Wars are being on set and shooting the movies. His his ideas aren't from sitting down and watching them and being blown away. So I feel like that informs how they make decisions on the new saga rather than 
those things that George Lucas did focus on. He loved exploring those things because everything else was old hat. You know, that original trilogy was old hat. I want to get into the nitty gritty of the politics. And I think George Lucas would have done that. I think he would have explored a different thing rather than the original hero's journey that he decided to do. Interestingly enough, so to to that point, I was kind of reading some just like Lucas, you know, speculation and different things that he said over the years. And I think seven, eight, nine, if Lucas had directed them, it would have actually gone in a lot more of kind of a spiritual direction. I think it would have been focused on the force. It, it would have it wouldn't have been politics and it wouldn't have been what, you know, the original trilogy was as far as just kind of establishing that universe and those characters. I think it would have been to the root, to the core of what the force is. And I don't know, it would have been a different movie. It probably would have pissed everyone off mm-hmm. because of that was great what you just said because truly Lucas doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Lucas in his mind, I truly believe Star Wars is up there. Star Wars is in his brain. He created it. He had, you know, he wrote the 40 page treatment of episodes one through 12 that exists in some, you know, I'm sure filing cabinet at, you know, his ranch. And hey, cool, whatever. We'll never see those. We'll never see that saga as it was. But that's not what was meant to happen. I think the only point I was going to bring up because we kind of like got off on a thing, which is cool because it was all good stuff. You'd made a point like 20 minutes ago about um, episode eight and just the fact that, you know, when you were watching episode eight coming off episode seven, it was like, what the hell's going on here? I've kind of had the experience because I remember episode eight since it's so recent. I haven't watched it in a while, but I remember it. And now watching one through six, just like how I can kind of recontextualize the whole saga based on now this viewing of it as the Disney trademark Skywalker saga. I can almost do the same thing for episode eight. Now I'm contextualizing what happened in episode eight and kind of how like earth shattering or ground shaking it was for star Wars canon, not in reference to seven. So I'm not watching eight now as a part of a, you know, arc necessarily for seven. I was watching eight or am thinking of eight now as part of a nine, you know, episode nine film saga and it makes a lot more sense and that's why i feel like to me nine is kind of set up better now than it was right after i watched last jedi that's a good point that's a very good point that's my take on it so yeah i know we're coming up on the end i've some of you may have noticed that i've been uh digging through my computer i've been looking for my rogue one essay I wanted to read it today. Oh, God. <laughs> Unfortunately, it seems to have been lost to time. I Aww. think the person that I originally posted it on their like post, like they were like, oh, Rogue One was so good. And I was like, wrong. And I told them why it wasn't. <laughs> and... <laughs> uh, you, you, you did that? You went into a whole rant about how somebody's wrong? It was a five-paragraph... I don't believe Have you ever seen this essay, though? No. It's a five-paragraph essay with a introduction, body, and conclusion. <laughs> you did a five-paragraph essay using, from fifth grade. Yeah, using, <laughs> using evidence from the film. Seventh. Oh, sorry. Seventh grade. It was a little more. However, uh, we have been talking a lot about the... Uh, original trilogy the prequel trilogy the saga as it as it were 
But I did want to make a little bit of an announcement tonight. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I, before I came here today, decided to sit down and watch the only Star Wars film I have not seen. Which is Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> he loved it. The movie was inherently flawed in just about every way. It shouldn't have existed. It was an aberration to everything that is Harrison Ford. But it was a lot of fucking fun. I told you! Yeah. It was a lot of fucking fun, and it is probably in like my top five Star Wars films. Really? Right ben, after ben, I, ha I haven't really like figured it out yet. <laughs> Hmm. Interestingly, Did Ben, you know I know that Event Horizon is actually Star Wars canon. I said right after Event Horizon. <laughs> I, I agree with Ben. This place is. I don't know if I would put it like high up on my like favorite Star Wars films, but for what I heard of the movie, I thought it was just going to be an absolute dumpster fire, and I finally watched it just because it was like, okay, cool. Um, sitting there, I think it was like, uh, what was it? It was. Uh, I don't know if it was like the day before Thanksgiving or something like that, but I was up late. I was up to like three in the morning and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to watch, you know, I'm going to watch solo. Why not? And it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't it ambitious. Was it wasn't like amazing, but it certainly was not, you know, it didn't deserve all the shit it got. It wasn't ambitious. It knew what it was and it had fun. Yeah. More I than, enjoyed it. More than wasn't bad. I'd say it was good. I really would. Like, when I say it's inherently flawed and an aberration to it shouldn't exist, I mean that, like, Harrison Ford and Alden Ehrenreich are two very different people. But Alden Ehrenreich does a very good job, a charming job, at trying to emulate his best Harrison Ford. <laughs> what? There are moments when he, he does. He, no, I'm just... He was not the right choice for that. He wasn't. Poor but bastard. he's charming. He's charming throughout, and I've en I enjoy watching tries. him. There are moments where he does like, I can kind of see it, but well, Donald, the sorry, Donald Glover is fantastic. Yes, he had but no he's choice. fantastic. His mom literally threatened him. Just, <laughs> I heard about his that. mom threatened him like, if you fuck this up, like you have to nail it. Well, the thing about Solo is that Solo literally is fan service the movie mm. like but it pulled it off it did in my opinion which right. is the thing I mean, you can you can have... call it fan service the movie because it's not being fan servicey it's telling a story but they explain every little thing like that's the the thing that made me kind of laugh as i was watching it and i didn't appreciate it any less but i literally could have had a checklist of like han solo shit that they didn't explain in the movies <laughs> oh okay the kessel run oh okay that you know like it's just everything you go down the list and like oh here's where he meets chewbacca and here's where you know and like it was just it was funny because it was almost like a checklist but like it was fucking fun it was fun like, i enjoyed it amelia I really Carlson was fucking great amelia yeah. Clark. Woody Harrelson, they were all just Ray great to watch. That uh, was Paul, badass. I love that. Paul Bettany, yeah, was fantastic yeah. in it. I I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed it and how much I it really caught me off guard because at first I was like, man, I can't wait for the sequel. I was like, whoa, that's not right. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> you will never see a sequel. I was, that but movie. I did. But then I did correct myself and I was like, I really want uh, some EU on Akira. I really want some EU on her, the next there, part there of her story. Be. I think there should be. Maybe if she shows up in Obi Wan. 
I don't know. I, I don't know where it all ends. I think Solo is actually a little bit after where Obi-Wan takes place, so I don't think that works out. Well, I mean, Kira's Ray's mom. So I mean, they look alike. <laughs> Maybe. Now, who is who? I forget the name. Who is the With character? Darth Maul. Who is at the end? The girl when the Maybe. helmet comes off. Oh wait, off. no, can't happen. I, I think you know what I'm talking about. The, the I leader. think you're thinking that she's Mon Mothma because no, I no, thought no, the no, same no, thing. No, no, it's not Mon Mothma. Oh, okay. I think I they're going like, to explore her character in some other way. Maybe. Whether it's in comic books or what have there's, you. There's a ton hey. of, like, in addition to, like, kind of, like, you know, checking off the boxes on the solo cool stuff list, like, they also, like, set up for a lot of really cool EU stuff that I'm really excited to kind of explore some more, like, Kira leading the Crimson Dawn and this this girl who seems to be, I don't know if she's a helping hand in the Rebellion, but she is obviously a part of the Rebellion. Um... I liked the whole conflict with the with the hyperfuel and getting more info on on hyperfuel itself, which I always thought was kind of neat. And the Kessel Run, I thought it was, was awesome visually too. Just great. All that was great. I mean, it was really cool. I so. was I am excited to tell you that my preconceived notions on a film were incorrect, and I am okay with that. Yeah, I still don't understand why you had preconceived notions on that. Because it's an aberration and it shouldn't exist. Yeah, maybe. I think Star Wars needs to take more risks and just make fucking things that exist, like The Mandalorian. Or, Thought like, was... our Darth Bane trilogy. That'll never fucking... Kathleen, we have something for you. It's a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my Star Wars. <laughs> Colin... Um, so I have one request. I think we touched on everything and I know, you know, we don't want to make this a three hour episode. Well, I do, but no one else yes, does. I think um, I really don't want that. So my, my one question is instead of ending this with good sci-fi, bad sci-fi, because obviously we can't do that. Can we just speculate just a tiny yes, little bit about episode table, nine? Speculate. Thank but you. Here's the thing. It's going to be tough. I think everybody should get two minutes. Perfect. Max. max. Absolutely. Two minutes max. max. Okay. And then ben will timer. yell at that person more than usual. Dude, if they no, go over Ben's two about minutes. to fucking set a timer. If Ben won't, I will. I, I got you. Let's right. do it. I because uh, honestly, people are gonna run away with it. Two minutes max. Who's starting? Jason? I always start there and it works. What's the beginning, middle, and the end? No, I always start of the with the film. Episode nine. Do I always start with you? You always start There's with Ben. There's audio evidence that you always start Because you're always across me. We yeah. start with Ben. Sorry. Jason. Starting with me? Okay. Consistency. Beginning in the middle of an end of the film. And all right. Speculation. I don't even know where to start. I, think... I want to do like movie trailer voice for this. Okay, you're go ahead. Up his I think in a lot of my opinions on episode nine, I have kind of checked out since since episode eight's toxicity attack on everything i kind of it hurts to think about star it hurt for a while to think about star wars just because there's just things that i loved as a child being kind of destroyed by all these greasy incels so i haven't had time to think about uh like kind of speculation about where it would go i have some thoughts i have some ideas that aren't really fully fleshed out theories 40 seconds seriously <laughs> i have a timer right here sum it up. i'm joking man i will pause it say what you have to say sum it up sum up the movie that i have a minute up. and 10 seconds that doesn't left sound like a plot 
Got that insult counter going up. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. He's, give him time. He's explaining his speculation. It's fine. It's tough to speculate on something like this. It really is. It's. I think that Palpatine will be bigger than I want him to be. I think Ray's heritage. I think there will be a lot of retconning of Ryan Johnson, no matter how much I wish there wouldn't be. Um, I think Ray and Kylo. I think a lot of the trailer stuff is definitely red herrings or things that JJ's put in to, to throw us for a loop. I, I think that he he doesn't he's not like that usually to kind of reveal things in trailers. And I think I will be happier with it than I expect to be, but that will only last until I go on the internet and see all of the pieces of shit incels screaming about, Why'd they Why wouldn't that bitch in the purple hair tell Oscar Isaac her plans? She's a woman. She should tell him everything because she's an admiral and she doesn't fucking have to. And there goes your audio. <laughs> Good. I'm done. Oh God, that is so. He hates Star Wars. Wow, I didn't. So I, did, I, did, I didn't expect that turn at the end. You didn't. <laughs> okay, expected that turn last week. Ben, ben, I just want to say thank you, Jason. Well, thank you very much. Um, so I haven't really speculated at all for quite a while. I haven't really thought about it much at all for quite a while. And then, um, you know, as I am wont to do. A switch flipped, and then now all of a sudden I'm playing Jedi Fallen Order and watching the whole, you know, saga again. So that's like my thing this week is Star Wars. So I've been kind of thinking about it a lot. And I could be totally wrong when we go see the movie and from the point when this podcast comes out in a couple days. Could be totally wrong, could be eating these words, but I think this is going to end in a pretty spectacular fashion. I think they're going to bring back a lot of characters we're not expecting. I think, and I'm just throwing this out there, that we're going to see a major like Anakin, Hayden Christensen, Force Ghost presence coming back. I thought in my head of a scene between Kylo and Hayden Christensen, which I think is going to happen. Again, I don't know, but I'm kind of speculating because I saw this kind of YouTube channel uh, I think it was like force theories or something like that. And it actually kind of made a lot of sense, you know, like we've been talking about this whole podcast. The saga is the saga of the Skywalkers, right? And the name of the film is Rise of the Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, you know? So to me, you can take that a lot of ways, but I'm willing to bet, I don't think it's going to be like the new Jedis, the new name for the Jedis. I think it's going to be actually a reconnection with like Anakin Skywalker. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a lot of those classic Star Wars characters coming back in some way, shape, or form, whether they're Force Ghosts or whatever. I think this last one, to kind of wrap it up, is going to have a lot more to do with what we've seen come before than we're all expecting. My hope is that J.J. has respect enough for how to end this and the fact that he does have a lot on his shoulders, that he's going to, you know, treat it with the respect it deserves. <clears throat> all right thank you I, I didn't really plan to speculate tonight um i i will say that i i expect a lot of resolution out of this movie um whether there's retconning happening or there's just pulling shit from left field in the movie and then resolving that i don't care 
I expect resolution. I want to walk away from episode nine going, it's done. Sweet. All right. Um, I will say, if I have to speculate, I think that they are going to finally take that balance to the force thing, um, like finish it. I think that neither Kylo Ren nor Rey are going to die. I think it's going to end with both of them alive and they're not friends. Kylo doesn't go back to the light side. I think it's going to end with, fuck it, we go our separate ways. Like, it's balanced. It's done. You know, he's going to go off and do his thing. She's going to go off and do her thing. I don't know. I mean, I, I know I have two minutes, but I... You don't need to use them all. I, I really I don't have too much to speculate on for that. Uh, I kind of just want to go into it as a fan and be wowed. So, Bill. All right. <clears throat> okay. We open the scene. Luke Skywalker sitting on a stump. Force ghost. Right next to him, Yoda. Force ghost as well. And then on the other side of the campfire that was inexplicably made, Hayden Christensen. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, Hayden, I'm sorry, Anakin Skywalker and Palpatine. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So listen, listen. Okay, so, so obviously Anakin has had to change his mind. In, in the Force Ghost realm... And he's decided that he's going back to the dark side because Palpatine seduced him again. <laughs> he brought marshmallows. Palpatine pulled up his robe and, sh- robe and showed him that leg. So, <coughs> side of the so, road. <coughs> so, <coughs> the Force Ghost Senate is talking over plans of creating a truce since the ghost, since the Jedi Ghost War has been going on for so long. <laughs> And then Palpatine decides that, you know, he's going to break the truce and he's going to break out of the Jedi ghost realm (laughs) and invade the new, the new, new, new Republic, which is going to be started by the real Jedi. So it's going to be the real Jedi in the material plane, obviously, and then the forced ghost realm at war. And then it all wraps up with the balance, which would be um, the <laughs> the space senate, which is obviously the space. Sorry, Jesus, guys. I'm sorry. I'm getting choked up. I'm thinking about the end. Um, so obviously, the Force Ghost Realm disintegrates, and all of the Jedi within the universe die, and that is how the balance of the Force, the Force, goes away at the end. And that, then, yeah. I hope that's what happens. Yeah. Star Wars number nine, <laughs> Ghost World. It, it combines the hero's journey and the political intrigue. The of most the important question: Are we going to get a Palpatine Force Ghost? Do it. We'll see. We can never know. I and mean, what's what's Kathleen got up her sleeves this time? I don't know. That's what I ask myself every day. That's what I got. Thanks, Bill. If that happens, please don't sue me. <laughs> I think Bill's been on Reddit. He knows. He knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> and last but that was Miller. the least. No, um, Andrew Miller. Okay. So the movie opens up. Ray is fucking dead. The movie. The credits roll. No, I don't oh, have a lot of. Uh, I don't have a lot of speculation. Um, I have a lot of questions that I want answered. I won't uh, take the incel route and say I feel that we're owed. 
any answers, but I do want these questions answered or else I will feel dissatisfied. Um, I want to know who Ray is or failing that I want her to die because we've had two movies of build up for for what, you know, at this point, everybody's given me these looks, but it's fine. <laughs> it's a non-visual podcast. Um, I, uh, I want to, I, I would like to know who Snoke is. Um, I mean, I know, I mean, we're talking already about retcons and stuff, so hopefully we find out something about him. That's all I got, really. I mean, there's... I don't know. I don't even know what I want to see. I'm going in. I, I've always just gone into these movies with a completely open mind. Like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's already committed to film, you know? Like, so I'm going to just take it as it is. I mean, I've got my ideals of how things should have gone, but it's not that way. And, I mean, hind your retrospect's always, you know, 2020. So, I mean, I can, you know, if I if I wanted to, you know, if I thought I could do better, I'd make my own Star Wars movie. Does the green milk seal reappear? No? no okay. It's a red milk seal. Oh, okay. Sure. It just signifies that the force be, is corrupted. We, we did see water in the new in the trailers and stuff. There's a water world or something they're going to mess with it. Do you think That's we'll a Kevin the, Costner do movie. Do you think we're going to see <laughs> the quadro... Uh, what, what did you call it, Ben? Quadro titty milk seal? Yes, the quadro titty milk seal. Will it make a reappearance? It's gonna be the we're going to find out, so make sure you listen to the next yep. fucking episode. We're, we're going to find out if there's a quadro titty milk seal and mm. was all of our speculation complete bullshit it's gonna or be the did final we boss. actually hit some good stuff? Uh, thank even, you all. For, oh, I'm sorry, oh I forgot to, say, to tie in the quadro. So based on what Miller just said, you may hear some really good arguments coming into the next will, podcast. Will the next episode actually be our first episode ever no no we already did our first no, episode will next episode be our first topic fight we'll find out i doubt it no i won't no topic um, fight's a different show. i forgot yeah, to tie the quadra titty milk seal honestly and... guys i think we're just gonna fucking fanboy the shit out of the next episode potentially but then again i feel like this next one we do has got more weight on it than anything prior because this is truly an ending this Friday, so we'll really. See. Okay, this Friday. So episode six was truly an ending. Episode three was truly an ending. But we didn't go see that in theaters and do a podcast after. No, that's very true. Because podcasts wouldn't so, be invented for 30 more years. Yeah. So, uh, there you have it, folks. That is our retrospective episode of Star Wars. Uh, thank you all for listening. Next week, you are going. Friday. No, this Friday. Oh, this Friday. This Friday, this Friday, Friday you're Friday, getting two you big old episodes. God, in one week you're getting two episodes. This Friday you are going to get episode uh, nine. First impressions. The last Skywalker Jedi rises. On the left. And on the left, thank you. And next week we probably will give you another Star Wars episode. Just because, fuck it, why not? Yeah, like, the week after this, we'll give you another Star Wars You're, you're getting it all messed up. <laughs> uh, Friday is, this Friday is our Rise of Skywalker first impressions. They're getting a new Star Wars next episode next Tuesday's week. Tuesday's Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. And so you're, you're right, it's Star Wars, but not Rise of Skywalker yet. In two yeah. weeks from when, they're, when yes, this is out. Yes, we are going out, to continue. We yeah. will come back to Rise of Skywalker and give you our more digested one. Yeah. Sorry. After everybody but me has seen the movie three times. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think I've seen every Star Wars movie at least twice in theaters. I'll be seeing it once life. with my dad. So. Um, um, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, please go to 
Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I cannot stress that enough how important that is. Just fucking do it. I just fucking do it. I don't know what's do it. Anyways, uh, aside from that, thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Until then, no, we'll see, see you on Friday. Friday. We'll see you on Friday. God damn it! Please tell your friends to this listen is why to us we on do Friday. Two episodes in one week. God. My monkey.